The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you what, who deserves a shot in the United States. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned the title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? This guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious professionals. Hypnosis. Let's get so psychosis, psychosis. Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to the Rawcast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese. What's going on, Mo? What's going on, Don? Kind of a camp. Monday Night Raw. Yeah, man. It's a Tuesday night, so you know what that means. Uh, we're here uh, just before NXT getting ready to talk about what happened on Monday Night Raw, brought to you by the CSPN.us. You can find us on the web at CSPN.us. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch Radio. All you have to do is search for the WrestleCast dash the CSPN. Subscribe to the logo with the new day holding the WrestleCast sign, and you'll get the new episode of the Rawcast in your feed each and every week. So, as we do all the time, Mo Melson news segment starts us off. It's been a busy week in the world of pro wrestling. Um, got more cuts, more trimming of the fat being being happening. Um, so, here's the new, the, the latest releases so far. Uh, Killian Dane, um, the husband of one Nikki Cross. He's gone. Um, the Bollywood Boys, um, Dating. It's just a lot of, I'll, I'll give a big shout out to the Bollywood Boys because they took a lot of big bumps during the Jinder Mahal title run. They so, did. So I'll, I'll just take my hat off and salute them. <laughs> Randy Orton saluted them too. <laughs> you know. No, because he was like, they were saying, you know, they just wanted to, um, you know, make um, they just want to be proud of what they wanted to do. They want to get respect of like of Randy Orton. So Randy said he had they had his respect long before those tables were involved. That's what's up. Good for Randy showing some humility. Yeah. Um. Arturo Ruiz. Yep. You might have saw a raw under underground late last year, but he was cut as well as Maria Shafina. Now the reason I put these two together was because with the new um faction or NXT Diamond Mine, they were supposed to have been a part of it. Oh word. Yep. They were supposed to have been a part of Diamond Mine. So. Yeah, because it's a um, it's an MMA kind of based gimmick, right? Supposedly, yep. right? 
supposedly. So, you know, they got, so they were released. So that was that. Um, Kurt Stallion, he's gone. Might have saw him a couple times. When he had that match against Kushida and he flopped, I knew he wasn't going to be there too much longer. Yeah. Um, Two names that was popular in the WWE stratosphere. Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Breezango. It's a sad day, man. Prince Pretty, not a part of NXT or WWE. He's been a a good soldier for a long time, many years. A long time. I mean, back when he was wrestling as Mike Dalton in the old NXT, in the FCW NXT days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I hope somebody checked on Xavier Woods to make sure he was okay. Yeah, he gave him some props. You know, that's like kind of taking you take it away from the up, up, down, down team. Mm-hmm. With, um, yeah, and you know, Tyler Breeze can say that he he wrestled. Um, he's the, he's the only one who he gave just he, he wrestled Jason Dunaliga in his only WWE match. He um wrestled Tim um and it take over some years ago. Mm-hmm. Which was a good match. Um and he shaped the way for um Bailey credits Tyler Breeze for helping her with her character work and her in ring work kind of NXT. Yeah, Sasha Banks talked about um how much of a help he was as far as a trainer, coach type as well. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are going to school. Tyler Breeze. Yeah, the Russell School up in um, Canada, I believe. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's, you know, why he was able to, you know, teach, you know, teach, um, you know, able, able to teach as well, too. You know, he wasn't wrestling. He was helping them out, you know, giving them um, tips and everything. So that's probably a good thing, you know. Right. Um... And Fandingo, he's been he's been in the W he was in the WWE developmental since two thousand six, I believe. So he was there for 15, a good fifteen years. So he had a nice run. He beat Chris Jericho his first ever WrestleMania match. That's how everybody kept saying. They was like he he did that. So that's the um he holds that um distinction over everybody else. First ever WrestleMania match, you beat Chris Jericho. Yeah, man. And then he had everybody popping when he was doing the um had his theme music. That's another one who could have when we on the if we went to the dark match, we talked about make stars. They had something special when they had the Fandingo. Um Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um Yeah, so and also the fashion files. Great, great. Yeah, WWE their call. round on SmackDown was great. They they made the most of what they were given each and every week with that fashion file segment. Yep. It was a, it was a highlight of, and it, and it, and it gave gave and it gave clues to what was going to happen in that storyline. Plus, also 
they gave nods back to the old school, old school WWE and there's other things that went on the wrestling too. So it was a lot that you if you paid attention to that segment that segment, it was a lot that you just got from a lot of clues that you got from that, um from that from those segments. Um next on the this on the um release um on the release train, um Everrise. Which was a total shock to me because these two guys have really came to their own as of late. Yeah, you're right. They were starting to get featured a lot in NXT proper, also um, on their YouTube stuff. Um, and plus, their own show was about to go on YouTube, I think. Hey, we got the, got the show on Thursday and Friday. They gone, but they they did they, they, they still did a show on Saturday. Cold world, cold world, cold world. Rest warm, rest snuggly. snuggly. <laughs> um, Tony Nice. Um, this one kind of you know, disappoints me because I was to see I was I saw some of Tony Nice's indie work and was a fan of his, and. The match that he he won the cruiserweight championship there um on the um at WrestleMania a couple of years ago, he won the um he won the cruiserweight championship, and everybody was talking about that match, and then he was saying the 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 match that they gave they did the following week was the one that they really wanted to give but they weren't authorized to do so, so he was saying it's a good thing the higher ups didn't watch two hundred five. <laughs> <laughs> Because, uh, of course, too much high-flying for them, right? Right. Damn shame. I understand for, you know, some of the quote-unquote main event stars, but the lower mid-card to mid-card guys, yeah, they got to have something to different, to let them stand out from all of the other big guys. So you got to let them have some, some ability to fly. Um, Arya Davari, he's gone. Um, Austin Gray is the final name on this list, too. I, I barely even knew him. Right. Maybe saw him, like, twice. Hmm. Um, also, I think, um, Tino Sabatelli, Telly. Yeah, Sabatelli, yeah. He was one of the cut, too. Um, his old partner Cesar Bonone is out here trying to flourish in AEW, so he was kind of left right. out. But <laughs> but, but Sabatelli was the one who had the look, though. I thought he was right. more of the WWE type guy than Cesar Bononi was. But I guess you know, without them being in that tag team anymore, he becomes expendable. So. Well, good luck to to all of those people in their future endeavors. And they were saying Tyler Breeze might. Um, they were saying he he um, has a connection with the Huber family, so won't be surprised if they say he might end up over there. But you know, we never know. Well, man, 
I know that everybody has all these dream scenarios and stuff, but I mean, Tony Khan ain't got enough money to pay for everybody that they releasing. So, like oh, R- ROH and Impact and NWA and whoever else has a little bit of money, MLW, they need to come out here and do and do their part too, and and get some of these people on their part. Yeah, and this and, this, and, and, and build them up and just work with them, and then you can you can make stars out of them that way. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Ruby Riot should be somebody's women's champion very soon. Oh, of course. Now that she's not in WWE, but you know, just who will who's gonna be able to, you know, pop up and get her on their roster, and then have the foresight to to get her to that place? Because I think everybody who listens to this show watches you know the shows week in and week out would say that she was one of the most talented women on the roster who never really got a chance the biggest thing that hurt her was Rhonda coming to uh, WWE at the time that she did because it looked like Ruby Riot was about to get that push mm-hmm. but they gave it to Rhonda um and also um you got just a couple more things because you definitely running close out of time. Not out of time, but you know. Um, the final Thunderdome tape show will be taped. So they might be giving them off time off before going back on the road, which would be a good thing if they do do that. If that's what they're doing, giving them time off before hitting the road again. So that'd be good. That's what um, that's going to be. Um, Montez Ford was actually actually went under underwent surgery. Oh, his ribs is hurt for real. And it might be his ribs, but yeah, I know that I saw a picture of him. He um a picture with I think it was his daughter from um his hotel room. I mean hotel, his hospital room, and he was they was doing a fist bump, and it was like he really did go under surgery. So I guess there was with um what. Um, oldest had what oldest that was just to bring him off the TV. Mm, mm. No, hopefully he uh, he doesn't have anything too bad wrong with him and he recovers quickly. Yeah, yeah, because Angelo Dawkins gonna you know flounder out here by himself. Flourish, you may flourish. <laughs> the whole thing I didn't hear what y'all was saying, what you said about him or um the NXT cats. You know, no, I wasn't even NXT cats. It was a push. Trying to trying to um talk about Montez Ford talking about um he got he got he um he got to put him through the um the barbershop window. <laughs> I mean, y'all keep disrespecting um Angel Dawkins. Y'all keep disrespecting the, the homie. The, and I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just fed up with it. You know. We we acknowledge that Angelo Dawkins can have a fine career as the European champion. Why gotta be a European champion? Why can't he, why can't he be a top champion in the company? You, they could build. They could build stars. They 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 were doing that with Lana. The title is what you make it because you got to remember Shawn Michaels was the first European champion. With 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 he he was to win a, a, a mid card title and and made it and made it made it something relevant in the company again. I wish I would just stop trying to dis, dislike him for what he does and everything. Yeah, he was not an NXT for for years and everything, but he's he's doing something big now. Y'all just want to get him, see him getting Marty Janetti through the barbershop window. No. I don't know what's taking so long, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, the last thing before we get off for the Mo Meltzer segment. 
<sighs> Kenise Mobley. Who? Now, who? Did you say who? Yeah, who? Kenise Mobley. Never. Oh, you know, no. you know who Mobley is? No. So, Kenise Mobley is a stand-up comedian, a writer, did some, start, did some um, Tonight Show things, um, you know, uh, some months ago. And she was hired by the WWE to be a writer. Now, according to her, she said, you know, she didn't know anything about wrestling, but she had a background in production and um, writing, and so they brought her on in. No harm, no foul. So she, uh, by the way, she's a um, a black woman. Yep, a very, I would say young, I don't know her age, but she's Looks very young. I'm not gonna say very young, but she's beautiful in the face. So she went on the podcast, another podcast, and um, she was saying that she was hired, you know, without any wrestling, without, without having any wrestling knowledge. She said this on this actual show. So then she was saying she works on Monday Night Raw, and she said, you know, she was like they have their um their um they have their champion is Bobby. Ashley or Lashley. Then she says, I should know this. Then she says, you know, he had this crew called the Hurt Business and they wore suits and they were like, cool. And so she came under fire for those comments and she um, was let go this week. Oh word! I you yeah. know what I saw the caption of that quote about the hurt about Bobby Lashley and the hurt business and about not mm-hmm. knowing about having this background and not really being a wrestling fan and all that last part. But I didn't know that was the person's name. Okay. Yeah. Oh dang! Grand opening, grand closing, huh? So the thing the thing about this is now uh, she was catching a lot. Of, Wrestling fan, you know, wrestling Twitter, that's hell in itself. So if you do something to, like, disparage wrestling, you know, they will be in your mentions. Wherever you got social media, they'll find your social media, and they will attack you there. So, granted, a lot of, a lot of like, you know, a lot of people in wrestling say that a lot of people get hired without having no, no, no knowledge of the business. You know, Bianca Belair, you know, she didn't watch wrestling growing up. Her brother did, but she ran track. And so Mark Henry gave her the call. She got in and she's that women champion. She built herself up. So the thing is, I'm not I'm not really too tripping about her not coming to that, not having wrestling experience. That's fine. You go into any other industry and not have um experience, but you'll get that experience as time goes on. Mm-hmm. My issue is just that how when you are, if you're in the industry, you should be learning about what's going on. If you're the WWE, I'm sure they, they, I'm sure the WWE gives you, you know, if you're if you're a writer, they say, okay, this is who our this is who our champions are, these are who the storylines they're in, and probably give you a direction to go in with everything. So my thing is, if you're going to be talking about what you're doing, at least know the basics. 
if you were to say, I don't know, but I know who the champion is, who's this, who's that, what they do, who they are. Yeah, go go with that. Don't be sitting there, you know, like, oh, um, yeah, like, like, you know, you don't know who the main champion is. Mm-hmm. You don't know who the champion is. You just, like, his name is this. And then she's like, I should know this. I'm like, yeah, you should know this. I mean, not saying you have to know what they did 10 years ago in the wrestling business. It's like, no, we like, you like, you're new to the industry. You're like, okay, he's a champion. He's managed by MVP. He used to be with the Hurt Business, but they broke up. Now it's just him and MVP. And he's the champion. He's MVP's his manager. And, you know, he had matches with Drew McIntyre. He's in the storyline with Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. Basics. Just, just pure basics. Mm-hmm. Not to say, you know, and it's just like, you know, like I said, wrestling fans are held on, the, on their own. But it's just, you should know just the basics and what's going on. I'm not saying you have to know the, the storylines and everything. Just know the basics. And that's, just the issue, that's just the issue that just kind of annoyed me about that. It was just like, you're not knowing the basics. That's a job that Miss V could have had. Right. Up here. And then you up here are going to go on national... Well, I don't even know if it was a national Air, podcast. Well, over people, airwaves people just, and... People just listen to podcasts. You know, yeah. people listen to podcasts and you say something like you, you work behind the scenes and you saying, and it was like a clip. I know it was on TikTok and I saw the clip and I was just like, not good at all. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to sometimes just, you know, not to say everything, you know? Right. I mean, like, <laughs> if, if it was like, if, if it was like somebody that I was just like, you know, if you hide, it's like, you know, at least learn what's going on before. You know, at least know what's going on. You know, I say you have to know what Triple H did in 2000, 2001. I say you have to know what Edge did in 2007 or um, why um, why CM Punk dropped the um, pipe bomb 10 years ago. You know, you mean I say, who, who, is he, who did he say hi to in that pipe bomb and things like that? And I say you have to know that stuff. It's just Basic, just the basics, and you'll be fine. Like, we have casual fans watching, and they'll be like, you know, like, one time about the one young lady I was hanging out with, and she was like, you know, I know who Sasha Banks is, but, you know, who's the other black girl with the long braid? I want to know who she is. That's how you draw people in. You know? Yeah. Well, that tells a lot about why the stories are the way that they are. In WWE, if that's I'm basically, sure they, I'm sure they had their main writers, and they had people like, yeah, this is what I want you to talk about on this story. This I want you to talk about, you know, this one, this is the direction we want to go with this story, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but at the same time, it's like, listen, you can't just be. Um, out here on podcasts just saying you don't know who the champion is or you just kind of just showing this nonchalant attitude. Like they would say, it's people coming to the wrestling business all the time who don't have backgrounds in wrestling, but they're eager to, ner- to learn about what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be eager to learn. So it's like, yeah, so you can be in the know. And then you're not saying you're going to be the BB. Like, oh, yeah, I remember 
I was working there and I didn't have no experience, but I worked there, you know, after six months, I learned a lot. You know, I was I learned a lot. I learned a lot about backstory lines. I went back and watched some old old matches and this that, and the other. I'm sure if you're an employee with the WWE that comes with a um a free a free access to the WWE network, so you have access to the archives. You can, you know, get the, get you can get caught up in some kind of way if you wanted to. Well, I think she learned a valuable lesson. Um, you know, don't. She, I think she did because she, well, she, you know, like I said, wrestling fans are, like I said, they're hell. And they basically, they she went like private on Twitter and on her Instagram account. So, so yeah, she didn't know that they was going to take that shit so seriously, huh? That's what they do. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. And by they, we mean they. You mean those? You mean wrestling Twitter? They they take it. They take things personally. Yeah. Us, you know, some of us who who watches, we watch it every week, but we know the game is the game. You know, I'm not gonna say. You know, it's like we we want some things to happen, but at the same time, it we not gonna get what we want. We might think we might want to know how the direction a direction goes in the story. But at the same time, we'll be like, okay, it's going to go in this direction, so it's going to—it's not going to work out that way, you know. It'll get to that point, but it might not go in the direction we wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it do. It doesn't matter. We're watching. We're turning in every tuning in every week. Me and Dawn, we recapping Monday on Tuesday nights. Him and Simi talking on Thursdays. Him and Jay, Dawn and Jay talking on the weekends. He's talking with Anwar and Terry's boy whenever they record. Cast a strong style. We watch, we digest it, we talk about what's going on, and then we go back and watch the following week. That's how we do. Right. And of course, Vince ain't gonna hire us because he knows wrestling fans that or he know, he know how wrestling fans can be. So of course he's not gonna he won't hire people who have background in wrestling because they won't come in there and try to tell anybody how to do that job. <laughs> like, get rid of um like Bruce Pritchard, you take if you take a powder somewhere <laughs> and take um the camera guy with you, the, the main camera guy, take him with oh, you. Oh, <laughs> Kevin Dunn. Yeah, take Kevin Dunn with you. You know, um, Paul, Paul Amen, you run both shows. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad how you never give that man his proper title. <laughs> you just call him a cameraman, <laughs> number one producer guy, number one producer guy. Yeah, the, the head guy who makes the whole thing work every week. And that's the one who the, the, the WWE revolves, the, the, the producers revolve around him. Yeah. So that's it for the Mo Meltzer segment. You know. Well, we got a Mo Meltzer rant. We usually don't get those until Wednesday when Miss Miss Simmy's on the NXT cast. But this week you got to hear a Mo Meltzer rant. So you know, take that in for what it was. But yeah, very good. Yeah, you point, got for so. free. You didn't have to pay for it. You got it for free. <laughs> <laughs> So now it's time to start off Monday Night Raw. Randy Orton is out of the the triple threat match for reasons beyond WWE's control. Therefore, we're going to have a battle royal for the spot. But here is Riddle with a football-shaped letter from Orton saying Riddle should be (laughs) the spot. That's that's an old-school football. If y'all played the paper football in the cafeteria, you know what that football is like. The bosses think Riddle wrote the letter, mainly because most of, most of these words aren't real, and there's a viper drawn in the corner. <laughs> <No dangers. laughs> 
and if like if you look over if you look over the like in the internet you can see the screenshot that you got a clear view of the letter and it's hilarious right right uh riddle offers to wrestle on orton's behalf and he's going to give orton the spot if he wins so sonya and adam pierce are like deal so here comes your last chance qualifier for the last in the last chance qualifier battle royal so we got riddle Eric, Ivar, Jinder Mahal, Angel Garza, R-Truth, Mustafa Ali, Drew Gulak, Akira Tozawa, Damian Priest. Hey, Damian Priest is back. Jeff Hardy, Cedric <laughs> Alexander, Mansoor, Shelton Benjamin, and Umberto Carrillo. All right, so there is, of course, some side deals that go on. Uh, we get the return of the 24-7 championship um, where we had, uh, uh, what's my man's name, Gulak get eliminated, but then he pinned Tozawa who then uh, lost the title, Gulak lost the title to R-Truth, who then lost the title back to Akira Tozawa. Uh, we had Amos come down and eliminate Eric and Ivar. Um, and then uh, it comes down to uh, Damian Priest and uh, Matt Riddle. The bro mission goes on, but Priest sends him to the apron for the break. Riddle hangs on and grabs it again, but Priest gets back inside. They fight on the apron again, and this time Riddle knocks out Damian Priest for the win. So apparently, everybody put in the more Melissa segment, uh, Damian Priest said he had some, well, from another report, you know we don't get these reports from wrestlers themselves. He had some personal things, and some personal issues that was going on, so that's why he was off the TV. It was first, it was, the, it was, so they were talking about his back, he had back concerns, but then he said it was personal issues. So who knows? He's back on TV. We'll see where they're gonna what they're gonna do with him for now. Right, right. Uh Riddle demands that Randy Orton's music be played, the full on pyro and everything, and he does the Randy Orton pose in the corner. Uh then we have a video on Shayna Baszler and Alexa Bliss. Now we see Shayna Baszler in the back. She's shuffling a deck of cards. When Nia Jax and Reginald come in to mock her for it, Shayna says it keeps her from hitting people in the face, but now she needs to deal with Alexa Bliss and the doll. They all leave, and we see Alexa Bliss deep in the background watching them. AJ Styles, he says that he is ready for Riddle, and he doesn't like the suggestion that almost cheated the Viking Raiders in the Battle Royal. Let's talk about the way that they are representing the tag team championships on Raw right now. They're not. They're not. <laughs> this is the worst title reign ever. <laughs> you got a dude with super mad experience who at this age in his career could probably use a run with tag team titles to add some longevity to his career. But his partner is as green as the Jolly Green Giant. Oh, oh, oh. When it comes to the in-ring. And it's not like they out here having them wrestle every week against some peons so he can get his experience up. I don't understand why they booked them to be the champions if they're not going to give almost any chance to get better by having him wrestle every week. 
it's having to be a monster. That um, and he's still learning how to do that. And somebody was saying that his 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 he's not convinced as a monster, and I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> but he, you know what? One thing about him, he's come a long, he's come a long way. He, um, he played college basketball. I think he played for he played college basketball. That was he was that was he was getting he was getting he was bored he was came here for, but then that didn't work out. So he's, um, wrestling. So hopefully well, that's a very he, loose term that you use. He's, well, he's on TV. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. WWE is more entertainment than wrestling. So yeah, you're right. He's he's coming along just fine if you if you look at it that way. <laughs> uh, they gotta figure out some gear though. What's my somebody else that say he he looks like he was um he's um. Going like he's going to brunch. <laughs> like he's going to brunch and um he's um looking like um <laughs> he's looking like you know he's just going to brunch and everything and he that's what he just sees he's doing that. So you never know. Uh Nikki Cross is backstage. She says she loves being a superhero and so glad that she is in the money in the bank ladder match. She is one win away from being a superhero, making her Nikki Ash almost a superhero. Nikki Ash. I was like, I said, nope. Is it Miss Marvel? Nope. It's Miss Monday Night Raw. So I'm going to refer to her as Miss Monday Night Raw, even though she's blue and yellow. <laughs> Nikki Cross versus Shayna Baszler. Nia Jax goes over to glare at Alexa Bliss, who starts mind controlling her. Reginald breaks it up, so Bliss kicks Jax in the leg and gives Reginald a low blow before leaving. The distraction roll-up gives Shayna Baszler a two-count, but Nikki Cross grabs the Mahastra cradle and pins Shayna Baszler just like she did last week. Shayna Baszler getting these pins. Yeah, she she's getting pins. Man, God, they got Shayna Baszler out here jobbing. They got Asuka out here jobbing. <sighs> Too much talent to be. So, so just to give you a heads up, they're kicking off NXT with a triple threat um, match for the number one uh, for the tag team, tag team titles. Uh, we are on Shotzi Blackheart. We are on official Shotzi Blackheart. Don't get hurt alert. <laughs> we 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 out here praying for Shotzi not to be doing nothing crazy because that woman will do something. Crazy, yeah, like, and it's a it's a high profile match to kick off the show too. Yeah, you know she got something up her so sleeve. So all you prayer, all you prayer warriors who are um, well, when y'all hear this, it's already aired. So pray, just pray for her. <laughs> <laughs> pray that we, you you don't hear this and be thinking like, well, she did something crazy. <laughs> We look back at Bobby Lashley uh, beating up Xavier Woods last week in Hell in a Cell. Then it's Kofi Kingston out for a promo. He said last week his best friend Xavier Woods was locked in a cell with Bobby Lashley and he gave it everything he had like he always does. Woods showed that he can hang at that level and he should get the respect that he deserves. Kofi was forced to watch Woods in the hurt lot from outside the cell and now it's time for some revenge. Well, here comes MVP. With, uh, I think the name that we came up with in the Twitter space was The Hurt Bitches. 
You like that, I know. <laughs> well, I said in the raw cast tweets, I said Lashley's or Ash. I said Lashley's ladies or Ashley's ladies to play off the whole former <laughs> writer and everything. Roll up, Sunny was roll up, Sunny definitely found that funny. But I like y'all. But I won't be calling them bitches though, because you know, wholesome. Yes, I know. Not even, not even, not even that. It's just you know, just I just don't like using that word. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that word. It's play even though, business. But... Even though, I know, I know, I know, even though I, even though some of my favorite rap songs have that word in it, you know, so. <laughs> it's my favorite word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, MVP, like I said, with the women, they come out to laugh off the idea that Kofi Kingston is going to be able to beat Bobby Lashley. Kingston thinks Lashley is going soft, though, and that is coming from a unicorn-wearing, pancake-tossing, hip-swiveling. MVP had to save Lashley from losing the title a few weeks back, and Kingston knows that he can win. Every week, a layer is being stripped away from Lashley, and by the time we get to money in the bank, Lashley might look like MVP, a former shell of himself. Kingston talks about never taking time off as WWE champion, including taking the title to his homeland of Ghana to show that anything is possible. MVP has Lashley on vacation and taking days off, and someone is going to take that title from him, and that is going to be Kofi at Money in the Bank. MVP thinks Kingston did all that stuff, defeated his own ego, and is sounding as confident as Xavier Woods was last week. Kingston says Woods is going to be back next week and thinks MVP has been milking his knee injury for the better part of six months. MVP says he isn't clear for combat or else he would come up there and kick Kofi's ass. That's enough for Kofi to go down to the floor after he ducks a cane shot from MVP. He then hits the trouble in paradise and then he screams at him talking about you hurt now. You hurt now. He was like, you wasn't hurt when you helped um, MVP, when you helped um, Bobby Lashley beat Drew. You wasn't hurt when you was in the cage last week, but you hurt now. <laughs> yeah, he, he was talking cash. They was talking some cash shit in that promo, and I was on every word of it. Yeah, uh, I knew that was probably going to. Once I saw that they had that, as one of the highlighted segments of the night, I knew that that was probably going to be the best part of the show. Exactly. And uh, it definitely was for me. I love the way... Well, well, we, well that, that was the best part because we have a very, very, like, 1B one, one right. part of the show coming up. I love the way how at least it happens with Kofi and MVP. I don't know if anybody else has this kind of timing with him, but how they interrupt each other like you do in a real conversation. They don't, you know what I'm saying, WWE is like, you say what you want to say for your two minutes and I don't say anything. And then I get my two minutes to say something. And then you get another 30 seconds to say something. But they never interrupt each other. Who argues without interrupting people? That's not how this works. I know, um, I know, um, um, Triple H and the Rockies do that back in the day. They they could they could they could they had a good timing, so they could um, interrupt each other on, on timing and not lose a beat. Mm-hmm. They also used to make stuff up and go off script, so I think they was ad libbing a lot. Well, yeah, well, that's that's what. You, well, hey, so some some people had that luxury of doing so. <laughs> well, I, well, it was Triple H trying to throw the Rock off and mess him up and and bury him, but. 
Um, the story is that the rock that Triple H would do that, and the rock would come back and just be complaining like he's going off script, he's going off script. And um, Bruce Pritchard's advice to him was, "Hey, dude, it's live TV." He was like, "You can do the same thing. He's just like, it's just got to be good, and you got to be willing to take the ass chewing if it's not." And he said, from then on, that's when he started being able to go out there and go toe for toe with Triple H on the microphone. And those little ad libs wouldn't throw him off and he could pick it up. And that's how they started getting their chemistry on the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got, got, I mean, you go back and playing and it's kind of like, it's like, um, if you ever watched any given Sunday and it was kind of like, well, um, in one of the cut scenes, I think Al Pacino told Jamie Foxx, he was like, just go out there and do your own thing. Woo, go ahead, Zoe. Fly, Zoe. But um, he kept, he told him one of the cut scenes, he told him to go off script and um, do, what you, do what you do your own thing. And that's how you got to do You have to go off script. And, and like, if it works, it works. If it don't, then you just go back to the drawing board. Right, right. Uh, we recap Piper Niven turning on Eva Marie last week. Not really turning on her, but just leaving her. Uh, to take yeah, so Eva Marie says Piper made a mistake last week, so tonight it's a rematch so the evolution can continue. Uh, Piper looks annoyed as we have Asuka and Naomi teaming up again to go against Piper and Eva Marie. Asuka goes after Piper but gets knocked down. Naomi gets gets a shoulder tackle as well, and it's a seated cross body. From Piper Niven to Asuka that gives the team of Piper Niven and Eva Marie the win. Uh, after the match, Eva Marie gets on the mic and claims the victory for herself. Of course, Piper is not happy. Of course. Of course she's going at BS. Tired of her. <laughs> <laughs> she and she and she ain't she ain't been back. You know, for five hot seconds, and we already dealing with her foolishness. Uh, Miss V is not a fan of the gear that uh, even Maria is currently wearing. Uh, yes, it was a, a very uh, funny uh, rant that uh, she went on about her gear. Uh, those are only the things, the conversations that you can listen to, or you know, that we have in our Twitter spaces. So, if you haven't joined one. Uh, you definitely need to, uh, next time you see one active, just, you know, if you don't have anything to say, it's always a good time to just listen in to the commentary with color. Uh, Miz and John Morrison, they talk money in the bank, cashing in strategies. Ricochet comes in to say not so fast. He steals the drip stick and he sprays them down. So that leads to Ricochet versus John Morrison. Now, while this match is going on, these two men are grabbing headlocks, reverse chin locks, and arm bars, and knee bars, and arm bars, and hammer locks. It's like, what the hell is this? I'm not (laughs) the one that's usually like, you know, give me all the flips. But there's certain matches and certain people where like, hey, we came to see some craziness and we came to see some flippy shit. So give me the flippy shit. And this, these are two men where I'm like, yeah, you guys can show me you can mat wrestle. That's cool. But that's not what we signed up for when I saw Ricochet versus John Morrison. So as the match progresses, 
Starship pain misses and Ricochet knocks him to the floor with Morrison bailing over the barricade to avoid a suicide dive. Well, Morrison sits on the barricade like he's about to, like, you know, hop off of it to get back in the ring. And that's when Ricochet springboards from the ring over the ringside area onto Morrison with the crossbody. They both go over the barricade. They're both counted out. Match is over. And, uh, yeah, Ricochet was struggling to make it to his feet. John Morrison was completely laid out. They, they, that was like the holy shit moment of the night because even <laughs> the analysis was just like, what, <laughs> which is happening? <laughs> yeah, and, that's a, uh, they, <laughs> They uh they they went for the less is more when it came to the flippy shit. Right. You were like you were like, wait a minute, this is not this is this happened this was this was though four years ago when they did this on another in another um another company. <laughs> yeah, man, it would have been so much better if one of those dudes had on a mask and the other dude had on a lawn trench coat. Um because yeah, we've seen this match in a different form be jaw dropping. Right. Good. Like, oh my gosh, take your breath away, match of the year type good. But uh yeah, it's the WWE watered down version. And uh at least they did give us the big dive over the barricade though. That was a that was a heck of a moment. That will definitely be a that's the biggest moment in Ricochet's Monday Night Raw career for sure. See if he would have did that shit on main event, nobody would have saw it. I'd have been like, "Hey, Dawn, you want to watch? Um, you want to watch? Which day?" You'd have been like, "Nope, I'm not watching it." Yeah, so I'm glad they put that on Monday Night Raw. You said I'm not putting it on. Don't put it on my radar because I'm not watching it. (laughs) We look at Charlotte beating Rhea Ripley via disqualification at Hell in a Cell. Charlotte talks about how she, Natty, and Tamina know what is expected from them because, you know, they're all second generation. Um, Ms. V was also talking about how they could should have made Natty, Tamina, and Charlotte like the female version of Legacy. Mm. But, yeah, you know, that's why they, you know, she should still apply for the job, even she though, should. you know. But she, but the thing is, she might too much. Right, she went to downplay that she doesn't really know about wrestling, but she could just know about, like, kind of like know about wrestling, but it'd be like, you know, kind of play like, oh, that's what that means. Like, now I talk about that years ago. <laughs> right. So Charlotte, Natty, and Tamina are taking on Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, we have this huge pre-match brawl that is pretty good. Um, it's just chaos. All six women, um, you know, pairing off uh, in different pairs. It wasn't just, you know, Charlotte and Rhea fighting each other. You had Tamina and Rhea get into it a little bit. Natty and, and Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose and stuff. So they had a really good pull apart brawl uh, before the match. Then the match starts. Natty comes in and gets kicked in the head as everything breaks down. Mandy slips out of a pair of sharpshooter attempts, but Charlotte makes a blind tag. She hits Mandy with the big boot and pins her. And so Charlotte, Natty, and Tamina are the winners. 
after the match, Charlotte is doing her pose, and that's when Rhea Ripley takes a page out of the dirtiest player in the game playbook, chop boxer from behind. Now Charlotte is limping as Rhea Ripley has the last laugh. Mm. Well, well, well. Looks like she is learning from um Charlotte. <laughs> Uh yeah, one dirty trick at a time. Mm-hmm. And now in the most disturbing and tone deaf part of the evening, Jackson Riker whips himself as the twenty four seven competitors come in. R Truth stops to ask if Riker hates himself or something. Riker explains the idea of his strap match with Elias and says he's exploring the ways to inflict the most pain. Truth says, thank you for sharing, man. He asks if he can borrow the strap after the match so he can lasso Akira's hour. Uh, Ryder keeps whipping himself and Truth runs off. <laughs> Just highly disturbing. Yeah. Just, they really trying to get him over as a face. We know too much about how he gets down in his real life for him to ever be a baby face. That's true. Like, we'll be like, um, we're not buying it. <laughs> like, Vince, we're not, we're not buying him as a, um, a face. We, we, we just don't. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Not, not this lifetime. Like, we've been somebody. You know, fresh to wrestling and saying, oh, this guy's a good guy? Okay. They'll cheer for him, but us who've been watching for a while and not boo-boo the fool, nope. We don't we don't buy what you're putting on the table, sir. Elias versus Jackson Riker strap match. Elias jumps him before the bell. Riker gets tied over the post so Elias can pull him up by his arms and inflict pain. Some punches to the gut kicks. Uh, back in, Elias hits a jumping knee to knock Riker out of the air for a two count, but that's enough to fire Riker, to fire Riker up, and he hits a few whips to set up the swinging big boss man slam for the pin. Now see, this isn't, maybe that this is a traditional strap match, you can pin them, right? But the Oh, no. This ain't, you mean what, this what, this, okay, I I wasn't one. I didn't watch this match. I didn't want to see this match. So it wasn't the traditional tap the four corners. And no, I, yeah, because see, that's what I was about to say. Maybe that's the Indian strap match, the uh, Wahoo McDaniel special, where you have to uh, touch the four corners. But yeah, I, I thought a strap match meant no pinfalls, but you had to drag the man around yeah. and touch all four, four corners. corners. Right. Right. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, WWE always gotta put their own twist on some shit that don't need their own twist on it. But yeah, so uh, Jackson Riker got the win over Elias in the strap match. Uh, Riddle channeling his any Randy, any inner Randy Orton is warming up when Damian Priest comes up to give him a pep talk after a Burger King plug. Riddle holds out his hands to do the lock and key deal, but when Priest doesn't get it. Riddle admits that he isn't Randy Orton. Priest knew that, and then he wishes him good luck. Now, main event time, Money in the Bank qualifying match, the final chance, Drew McIntyre versus Riddle versus AJ Styles. A quick calf crusher has McIntyre in trouble, but here's Riddle with a taped-up ankle for the bro mission to break things up. 
AJ goes for the ankle for the save, but McIntyre is back up. And Enziguri with the bad foot drops McIntyre to the floor. Okay, so what happened was uh, in the middle of this match, Matt Riddle goes to run and uh, like knee AJ Styles against the stairs, but AJ moved, and so Riddle hit like his foot and his ankle. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, I was like, woke up for the main event and everything. <laughs> and so he had like a bad foot, so they had to like help him to the back. So he comes back with his foot all taped up or whatever, and that's why he has the bad foot when he gives uh, the enziguri to Drew McIntyre. Drew drops to the floor. Riddle hits a jumping knee to AJ Styles out of the air to knock him out of the air. The RKO hits Styles, but almost pulls AJ out at the two count. That allows the Claymore to hit Riddle and Drew McIntyre is your winner. And Drew McIntyre is in the Money in the Bank ladder match. As I said on Twitter, he white man himself into another title match. Another title opportunity. Man. Lord have mercy. I know they want to let Drew hear the adulation from the fans so the fans can appreciate all that he did during the pandemic. But good gosh, can somebody injure this man and get him off TV already, please? Real quick, I just want to quote Simi. This was a banger of a match. Not not what I'm talking about on, on, on this main event, but what um, I, I've watched on NXT. I'm just going to quote Simi on that. <laughs> this was a banger of a match. I enjoyed it all. Uh, okay, banger alert. I, I, I kind of like listen. You know, I listen. You know, I, I kind of like got Simi down, packed, and everything. So no, <laughs> didn't know we can add impressions to the to your list of uh, you know talents. Oh shit! Okay, hurry up and give your shout outs, man, so I can watch it. Oh no, no, no! I wanted to say something real. Oh, real quick. Go ahead. Um, so I meant to say this in the Mo Melson segment. They've been really been pushing. Carrying Cross, um, Bronson Reed on dark matches for Raw and SmackDown. And um, Scarlett was up there this past week, and Shotzi was up there too. As like wrestlers or they, just there? They were, so I guess they were, they were giving them, they were giving them main roster looks to, to see if they, um, to see if they, um, to like call up, future call up possible future call up. So Scarlet as a wrestler? Sam Sam told us about this um months ago that this was this was gonna happen. Well not not in the way that they're doing it because he said you know Scarlet's gonna power bomb carrying cross and then that would be that but um he um but yeah she's up there doing wrestling dog matches as well too because they didn't because when he was on when he was on main event she didn't come out there with him yeah 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 i saw that entrance when he wrestled shelton and it was just him yeah which was a good match by the way i know you don't i know you don't do main event but that was a good match by the way um yeah, uh, that was uh, it. Wasn't interesting though. It definitely uh, makes him even much more boring without the theatrics right. of Miss Scarlet. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So that's what they're doing. So that's who they're looking. You know, they, they're looking at the brink. They might be looking up the bring up and everything. So that's interesting. 
they wasn't on this week's main event. It was um, your typical lower card um, Raw um, superstars wrestling. So, well, at this point, my friend, we've come to that part of the show where you get to give your shout outs and thank yous. Uh, so, shout out to Dawn. Um, shout out to, I mean, Raw was actually was fairly decent. You know, they've they've been you know doing little extra things, low hand there. You know, making things stand out, so that's cool. Um, yeah, but shout out to you, Dawn. Shout out to, um, shout out to um, Semi holding down SmackDown matters. Shout out to Jade. Um, hope you're doing well. Shout out to Terry's boy and and Walsh Darwin um, holding down Cast a Strong Style. Shout out to everybody who be the hashtags with us. Shout out to our folks who. Are in the um, Twitter spaces with us, you know, Colin Rand, Miss V, Jupiter Julep, uh, Madame Lizette, um, anybody else who stops through, you know, and leave their commentary with color. We appreciate you um, just talking to us, you know, letting us you know, letting your voices be heard. It's it's great content there. If you, like I said, if you see the Twitter spaces light up, come join and get some, get you, get your wrestling talk on, you know, you know, we got some like-minded folks in there who talk wrestling with you, you know, and just come and have a good time. I, you know, you enjoy yourself and learn some things too. Um, and just shout out to everybody who also made a hashtag with us. Um, great, great showing out every week for you guys. I enjoy being in spaces with y'all. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you, Mo to the underscore Reese, once again for joining me here on the broadcast. Uh, thanks to everybody who used the hashtag broadcast this past Monday night and shared their commentary with color in the live tweet. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to the participants that show up for the Twitter spaces, just like Mo was saying, uh, providing great content. Um, we may have to maybe start recording some of those, but I don't know. We'll have to make a big disclaimer for if we do that. Uh, for people so they don't get too comfortable as uh, could happen on a space like that uh, for a recording anyway. Um, thank you to um, Miss J to the Max, Miss uh, Simi, uh, Mr. Anwar Starwin, Terry's Boy, Jupiter Julep, uh, Miss V, uh, Madame Lizette, all the usual suspects, uh, Miss Laura Singh, Cami D, she actually stopped by the Raw cast. Uh, Twitter space this week that was a lot of fun chopping up with her miss six foot apple um and just everybody like mo says who continues to rock with us support us um keep doing what you're doing spread the word share the podcast retweet the tweets and all that type of stuff um definitely appreciate everybody um supporting the podcast and the network the way that they do also check out the patreon page patreon.com forward slash cspn there you can get the extra content that we have available you can hear mo talking about uh some thoughts about the theme music as he wanted to share his thoughts on what we talked about on the latest episode of the push if you didn't hear that please check that out give a shout out to shallon shogun and Dwayne who joined me uh, on that particular episode well more like i joined them on that particular episode of the push uh very good con a lot of good content there we talk about making new stars and how music or the lack of good music these days is uh hindering 
in uh, making these people stand out. So a very good conversation from this past week on the on the push. Um, shout out to the guys over at the Comic Book Chronicles. Um, we appreciate them as well. So for my co-host, Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and this has been The Rawcast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Mike Kofi, you know, you're a feel-good story. Yay, Kofi, David, and Goliath, and all that good stuff. But truth be told, you're no threat to the Almighty. And while he is enjoying a much-deserved vacation, before he left, he asked me to convey a message to you. He wanted you to know that he enjoyed every second of what he did to Woods inside that cage, and that he looks forward to humiliating and embarrassing you with money in the bank. And that what Brock Lesnar did to you will look like child's play when the Almighty is done. Child's play. The Almighty Bobby Lashley. Big bad Bobby. Honestly, I'm tired of hearing about that because, quite frankly, I don't know if he's that guy anymore. If you ask me, Bobby might be getting a little soft. I've already beaten Bobby. And I know damn well I can beat him again because right now, Bobby is looking more beatable than ever. It seems like each week, a layer of that almighty is stripped away from Bobby. Every single week, a layer's being stripped away to the point of where at Money in the Bank, Bobby just might be a shell of his former self. Bobby just might look like, he might look like you. Running around in overpriced suits, hobbling around, desperately trying to grasp onto some semblance of what he used to be, some semblance of success. Let me explain something to you. I do the things that I do for the almighty WWE Champion because just over a year ago, we started this journey together. He put in the work, he made the sacrifice, and he rolls to the top of the mountain. He is the WWE Champion. And I do the things I do for him because he deserves it. He deserves all the respect and accolades that go with his success. And I didn't, and I didn't deserve it. You and said I didn't that. deserve it. Huh? I didn't work hard for the accolades that I had for my success. I didn't work hard for it. Look, when I was WWE Champion for almost six months, I never took a day off. As a matter of fact, in between shows, I took the title all over the world to show people that anything is possible if they believe in themselves. I took the title to Ghana, to West Africa, to Kumasi, where I was born, to show little kids that anything is possible if they believe in themselves. And I brought the living proof, and I went back to TV the next week and defended my title again because that's the kind of champion that I was. So, so let me get this straight. When you went back home to Ghana as WWE champion so that you could bask in the glory of being a national hero, to feed your ego, you were working hard? I respect your optimism. I really do. And as I recall last week, your personal court jester, Xavier Woods, he was extremely optimistic. The extent of his injuries was so severe that he couldn't even make it to work this week. The odds of him making it to work next week are about as likely as you leaving money in the bank, WWE champion. 
you might want to check your numbers and check your odds because spoiler alert Xavier Woods will be back here next week because Xavier Woods has heart Xavier Woods is a fighter Xavier Woods has resiliency unlike you who has been milking this knee injury for the better part of six months you ought to be ashamed of yourself bro milking listen my knee is hurt it's legitimately injured and I'm not cleared for combat and if I was I would come in that ring and I would whoop your ass but fortunately for you and unfortunately for me I'm not cleared I'm hurt Now you hurt! Now you hurt!